The event now known as Pikes Peak International Hill Climb is the second oldest motor racing event in America behind the Indianapolis 500. It is a hill climb in every sense of the word as long as you don't think a hill is a gentle gradient. Rather, you think of it as uh, some way towards being a mountain. The hill climb is 20 kilometres long. From the bottom to the top, it raises just over 1.4 kilometres. At the top, it is 4,300 metres above sea level. By comparison, that's close to being halfway up Mount Everest. It's got 156 corners, which is a challenge to any driver, but the environment just adds to the task. The first record was set in 1916 and was just under 21 minutes. It's been broken many times, but just recently, a Volkswagen Special has broken the record well and truly. And to talk about that, I have on the line Kirk McGuinness, the Public Relations Manager for Volkswagen Australia. Kirk, you must be very happy at the moment. Extremely happy. What a result. The time? was 7 minutes, 57.148 seconds. This is a very, very quick time. A quick calculation says it's about 150 kilometres an hour it's averaging with all those bends and that hill. And I tell you what, it's pretty dangerous stuff, isn't it? There's no fence that would stop you going over the edge. There's no room for error. That's absolutely for sure. And it's probably also worth noting that the acceleration of this car, the IDR Pikes Peak, the acceleration is faster than a Formula One car. So we're talking north to 100 kilometres an hour in 2.25 seconds. So if you could sort of just imagine the, the sort of acceleration and the braking that would be required to sort of um, you know, set a time like that, it's, uh, it's quite a feat. And of course, it's not a petrol engine, is it? No, it's not. So we're uh, fully electric. And we're talking a 500 kilowatt system that's running with two lithium-ion batteries. A petrol engine actually has a disadvantage by the time it gets so high up, going up 1.4 kilometres at the top, doesn't it? That's a difficulty for petrol engine vehicles. Yeah, it is. And also, it's probably worth noting that the, the Pikes Peak event in itself is, uh, is quite challenging from a, uh, an engineering point of view, simply because the, the temperature and the environment can change so radically. I mean, you can sort of have, particularly up on that mountain, you can have just above freezing temperatures, and then you can also have blistering summer heat. And it's not even about keeping a car cool sometimes as much as it is about keeping it at the optimum temperature. Each sort of class of vehicle and each sort of drivetrain type uh, requires its own sort of engineering. And to set something like this in an electric vehicle, which obviously is capable of pulling some, some pretty serious speeds, then yeah, you've, you've got to keep that heating um, sort of temperature at an optimum level rather than being too hot or too cold. It's the, it's the Goldilocks approach of uh, motorsport, I guess you could say. <laughs> a petrol engine can run out of breath. I believe they can be 30% less powerful at the top of the mountain than they were at the bottom, depending where you choose it for. And I guess it'll go down to tyres as well, that if it uh, became very cold or even if it varied significantly over the length, that would affect it. The actual charging of the battery can, you know, can create uh, heat as well. So it's quite important for electric vehicles to sort of be running at sort of that, that optimum temperature. Our Volkswagen engineers have actually said that, you know, the optimum sort of uh, temperature for the battery is about 30 degrees Celsius. So that in itself and, and the fact that the vehicle has to be fully charged uh, within 20 minutes, which is sort of part of the regulation for the race as well, that in itself sort of produces some complexity in terms of planning for this event because at any given time to be able to fast charge a, a vehicle within 20 minutes, you are sort of talking about you know, the potential for, uh, for creating heat. 
that rapid charging process has to be carefully managed. And also, you know, just in terms of cooling, because if you cool too rapidly, then uh, you can also sort of build up with condensation. Oh. So very, very technical sort of uh, approach to, uh, to setting that, that amazing time. So you've got to roll up 20 minutes to go with zero charge and you've got to pump it all in. Well, theoretically, it's more so from a, uh, I guess, because uh, each of these are timed runs and it's more about the, I mean, as I said, this is a, a very sort of unique environment. So if there was sort of a hail or, you know, some sort of weather condition there that would mean that the run was either halted or paused, the hmm. car has to be charged and ready to go within 20 minutes. Yes. It's a very, very tight time frame. Now, to keep it cool, because a, a battery, if you take a lot of power out of it frequently and at great rate, it can get very hot too. How did you cool it? Well, air is uh, air intake is um, is sort of a, a big part of it, and at any given time, there can be sort of air that can be pumped onto the um, onto the batteries. The two batteries are actually sitting on um, either side of the cockpit, so part of that is to do with the uh, the design of the vehicle as well. I mean, as you've sort of, uh, if anybody listening, um, Google the uh, the images of this car. It really is sort of a, a bit of a masterclass in uh, industrial design because, I mean, this thing is, is all about aerodynamics and downforce, but also, as you mentioned, keeping that battery cool. It's lovely to think that it's got a similarity to the old Beetle, really, isn't it, that it's air-cooled? It's funny, isn't it? You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But it's, uh, yeah, it is, it, it's a nice touch to know that some of that technology is almost, I don't want to say come full circle because obviously this is radically different, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, some of those uh, tried and tested sort of uh, old school uh, designs have, uh, have sort of made their way back into something as, you know, revolutionary and as modern as this. You also then generate power when it's braking like a, a normal a battery car on the road? There is sort of um, power, but I, I think the thing is that it's not so much about storing power per se, because obviously within the terms of the race, it's relatively short time. So it's actually about getting maximum power at any given time. So uh, powering into and out of corners mm. and making sure that there is that full use of that massive acceleration and the full uh, 500 kilowatts there. It has two engines, two electric engines. Yeah, and two batteries mm. as well. So they're both fed by the two lithium-ion batteries. It's a combined approach of having the batteries and the engines together to make 500 kilowatts. See, 500 kilowatts is, is very good, there's no doubt about it, yet there's plenty of internal combustion engines that would do that. It's also showcasing the electric motor as having its great power from zero revs from start. Absolutely. I mean, it's, that's, that's always going to be the, uh, the great sort of uh, selling point for electric vehicles is instantaneous torque and immediate performance. And, you know, I mean, that, that certainly carries across to, uh, to passenger vehicles and even sort of um, light commercials that are sort of looking at carrying this drivetrain as well. But certainly the application for, uh, for performance and for motorsport is, is enormous. You're on the Electric Vehicle Council in Australia. I am. Only a few weeks ago uh, minted, but yes, yes, I am. It's certainly a very, very exciting time uh, to be on the council and, uh, and you know, in the industry as, as a whole. I mean, you know, what a, what a radical change we're sort of seeing in a very, very short space of time. And this is symbolic more than being necessarily what you or I are going to drive down the road, but it is very symbolic too. Uh, and I think Tesla, I won't ask you to comment on them, but, you know, made it much more sexy it used to be 
the electric car was the backyard engineer's guy who stripped out an old <laughs> Hyundai. Now they're becoming not only efficient and good for the environment, but also just fantastic performers. I think that's probably the uh, the real draw card with, with electric vehicles. And, you know, gone are the days where those that sort of would be looking to buy electric vehicles necessarily, or even sort of, you know, some of the earlier hybrids, were almost there was a sense of sort of self-flagellation there in that they sort of felt that they were paying for the sins of the world and these days we're we're sort of talking electric cars that are as every bit as sexy as um as a combustion engine car but then you also have the added benefit of being able to sort of work with uh, you know new design techniques i mean obviously electric cars don't necessarily need a um, engine bay because the componentry is completely different and, and in many cases less so what that does actually mean is that your external dimensions can remain the same as what we've currently got in combustion engine cars, but your internal dimensions are massive. Particularly, I mean, from a Volkswagen's point of view, we have unveiled a, a number of electric vehicles which will start to roll out from 2020 onwards. But first car that was sort of debuted from um, this new ID range, which certainly the Pikes Peak car borrows a lot from as well, is the ID. And the, the real sort of benefit for this car, aside from carrying the absolute latest and greatest of technology is that it's roughly the same sort of footprint on the road as a Golf, um, but the interior dimensions are that of a Passat. So it's a huge benefit for uh, for customers simply because, you know, obviously the smaller the car, the more comfort customers have sort of driving them around town and they're feeling a little bit more nimble. But then to be able to sort of carry that across and have greater internal space is, is a huge benefit. Do you think that we will go through a bit of a change? Everyone keeps saying, but I can't drive it to Melbourne without having to stop for a long <laughs> charge. I kept saying, how often do you drive to Melbourne? Yeah. Do you think whether we're going to embrace a change in a number of ways that we accept that we're going to use a car in particular circumstances but I wonder also whether we might change the shape a bit you mentioned you don't need to have the big bonnet what is really a relatively big bonnet up the front for an engine and so on I wonder if we might change the shape of cars a little well yeah absolutely and I think the the fascinating thing that are, that EVs are, are doing very very quickly gone are the days where we're sort of only talking 100 to 200 range you know kilometer range with some of these vehicles I mean most of these electric vehicles that are sort of being unveiled that are in market now and are certainly coming down the pipeline in a very short space of time at the very least four to six hundred kilometers which is you know more than a, a combustion engine in a, in a lot of cases there's enormous sort of benefits there but and I sort of uh, get this one quite a bit about you know electric vehicles oh well I can't charge this at home but there are always ways to do that. But most people don't live with a petrol bowser out the front of their house either. <laughs> so there is a certain level of, I guess, adjustment. But ultimately, from, from our perspective, it, it makes a lot of sense for electric vehicles because the technology is there, infrastructure is certainly catching up, and that's one of the things that the EV Council sort of looks at is how do we get Australia ready for these vehicles and ultimately making them a very real possibility for Australian families. When you actually do start to sort of crunch the numbers and look at the figures of these things, they make a lot of sense. And it really is, I, I guess, from a manufacturer point of view, it's up to the manufacturers to solve the problem in terms of building cars that are safe, reliable, desirable, and ultimately affordable for families. And, and I think that we are starting to, to go there. And that sort of critical mass point, I guess, is, is only a, a question of when, not if. The Australian market has often been seen as a bit of a test market. We have a huge number of brands here, more than America. Is it important to be seen in this market to be 
pushing the new technology because it will develop and it will get better is that part of an important part of a car manufacturer's image at the moment Absolutely. I mean, electric vehicles are um, a big part of the, the auto industry's future. But to sort of look at Australia as a test case, Australia is actually in many cases sort of fertile ground because we, we also have the dual issue of our fuel quality. So Australia has, quite disappointingly, but Australia has some of the, the poorest fuel quality in the developed world. So we're in the same sort of categories as, you know, the Bolivias and Tanzanias of the world. And that, while obviously there's quite a bit of debate about that, that just strengthens the case for electric vehicles even more. Because what is actually happening in Europe at the moment is that you have what they, they call the WLTP, which is a new Euro cycle testing regime which is basically coming through which looks at all vehicles that are manufactured sold in in Europe and the changes to that requirement in terms of um, what what cars are being produced and what sort of um, emissions figures they're they're producing is enormous because ultimately we're now starting to see vehicles so petrol vehicles that are coming with particulate filters particulate filters used to be the case that diesel cars carried them petrol cars did not necessarily and that is now starting to become quite the opposite the petrol cars will also carry them to further meet sort of emissions targets and reduce the you know sort of offset some of the emissions that are sort of been put out in the world by these cars but then what will happen in the case of Australia is that in many cases and certainly Volkswagen is is no exception to this is that vehicles will stop arriving in Australia simply because the drivetrain technology will not keep up with our fuel standards. And by that I mean our fuel standards are so low that the, uh, it just won't be compatible. So electric vehicles, particularly from a, a manufacturer point of view, is something that absolutely needs to get right. And Australia is definitely one of those cases where it's, it's imperative. And it's pollution, reducing pollution too, at two levels, both a global concept, but also local. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even if it takes a lot of energy to build an electric car at the moment, and that should get better, we don't want polluting cars in a local sense in inner city areas. No, absolutely. And and that's something that, you know, the groups like the EV Council sort of look at because obviously the argument could be made that we can have electric vehicles that require charge and, and don't produce emissions. But then, of course, where does that energy source come from? And we're burning fossil fuels to, to create the, the charging mm. solution in the first place. There is sort of obviously a, uh, a look at that as well and, and there is a, a need to sort of look at energy as a whole and how that sort of affects electric vehicles and their rollout but, but certainly that's something that the EV Council is looking at and has partnered with um, energy companies as well to you know to sort of address that. And that's a very serious and intense debate but there's also the yeehaw of winning motorsport. <laughs> Absolutely. Which Volkswagen has just done with an electric vehicle. Kurt, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Pleasure, David. Thanks for having me. That's Kurt McGuinness, the Public Relations Manager for Volkswagen Australia, talking about Volkswagen's win in the Pikes Peak Hill Climb with the first time ever breaking the record with an electric vehicle.